One of the things that uh, stands out to me as we get back together is that we've all, in a sense, come to this realization that this has been a big part of our lives. And when we didn't get to have it, um, it, it made a difference. And um, some of you, when <laughs> you're coming in, you're going, what happened to the chairs? Well, for a couple months, I was walking in here, and every row, every other row was gone, and it was miserable. And I just did not want to enter into a time where we're all bemoaning what was rather than what is now. And so that's why we, we made this change. But uh, the benefit is we get to see each other. The detriment is we see each other <laughs> and everything. So just uh, be aware. Um, I want to get to Ephesians 4 and some thoughts on that, but it's going to take me a couple of passages to do that. Uh, first, I want to start with Romans. Paul's writing, and he is addressing the function of the body of Christ. That would be the church. That would be us, uh, community together. And, and he's just going, just like a body, we all uh, are participant, but we're serving different functions. And, but we belong to one another. And so there is this awareness that the New Testament concept is, is that this community and, and, and the body of Christ at, at large has a, has a tie that is not to be separated. And, and so we spend time together and we grow from each other and we benefit from each other, but we, we have an individual form of expression in our worship to the Lord, but there are some things that don't get done unless we meet in community. And so he, he was quick to go after these things, and he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And there's an acknowledgement that we're not all the same, for sure. And each of us has different mindsets and, and ways of thinking, but when brought to the group as a whole, that's a benefit. It's not that we're trying to all think alike and be alike, but there's a knowledge that there's a beauty in the variation. Corinthians kind of does a similar thing, and this is, again, Paul writing, and he goes, there's different gifts but the same spirit. So even though uh, when Jesus was promising the gift of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't to make us all the same, but it was going to offer different opportunities for us to serve each other. And he says, there's different ministries, but the same Lord. And, and so even in that, we have different gifts, but there are different ways that this gets carried out. And then there's different results, but the same God who produces them all in every one. So in other words, uh, when I... He's not here today, so I can talk about him. When I see Ed Bordeaux come in here, um, he's a joy to my heart. For one, we've, we've known each other for, the, for years, even before I came here. But what I admire in Ed is this evangelistic gift that I've watched over and over, in particular, able to go to a kid that's kind of down and out or been kicked around a bit or just... You know, one of the ones that is not living up to the standards, so to speak, 
And he has a way of getting into their heart and into their lives within minutes. And I've watched this over and over, and I've watched him, like with the toughest kids in town, go up and say something, and the next thing you know, this kid's weeping, and, and Ed's praying over him. And I'm going, what on earth happened there? And I'd, I'd ask him later, what did you say? And he, and, well, I, I, just one sentence, and, it, and it's to me, it was kind of an oddity. I'm kind of going, why would you say that? But whatever it was, it got through. Now, if you knew Ed's background, there's a reason that he understands kids that way. But the beauty is God's developed a gift, an evangelistic gift through him. But not all evangelists look the same, right? Not all evangelists are going to reach down and out kids. It's a different expression of a similar gift, but it doesn't always come out the same. So when, when we look at uh, different ones and we say, well, yeah, they have a prophetic gift. Well, not all prophets look the same, right? And, and we say, well, they're, they're, they're really a merciful person. But not all mercy gifts look the same. If I were to, again, someone that's not here today, if I were to bring up Jan Caston, how many of you young mothers have had that arm go around you and start talking words of comfort and just, you know, I'm very supportive. You would call that a gift of mercy, right? I, I would. But not all mercy has that form of expression. And, and so what Paul's saying is, that, yeah, he, he, the Spirit works in us, but it has an individualistic nature to give expression in each person, but it's all for the benefit of of the whole. And so he says, um, to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. Different results even uh, in that verse. And I, I, I like that idea that even the results are in God's hand. Even the results are dependent on the Spirit of God. And so even though we may see one and say, I'd like to have my life look like them. Um, that doesn't mean that we're going to be like them or have the same results, even if we have the same gift. I had a funny experience years ago. I was working in a, in a, I guess what you'd call a group home, a ministry place, and one day, one of the guys, I was uh, like a supervisor, and, and the director of the program came to me and says, that guy's even walking like you now. I go, what are you talking about? No, he walks like you. He, he, had, he wanted to put his life together, and for whatever reason, he picked me as a model, and, and that was, he was walking like me. And so if you ever see a guy walking like me, no, <laughs> no, I haven't seen the guy for years, but it's just, it was one of those weird moments where you're going, why would he do that? Well, we, sometimes we take on imitation, right? But even in imitation, the results are not going to be the same. And so it's good to take on models if we see someone that we would like to be like, but don't expect similar results. Expect God's results. A lot healthier way to approach it. But back to Romans, uh, he goes from that, all of us being apart, and then he, 
he, in this passage, is starting to define his leadership gifts. Uh, he takes it further uh, in Ephesians. But he says, if it's prophecy, let that individual use it in proportion to his faith. If it's service, he must serve. If it's teaching, teach. Exhortation, exhort. Contributing, do so with sincerity. If it's leadership, you must do so with diligence. So he's just saying, whatever your gift is, apply it and use it for the benefit of all. Ephesians, it says he gave, and he lists the five gifts that we often associate with leadership gifts. As apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But I don't really want to hang on that today. What I want to do is go on. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ. It says, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the full measure of Christ's stature. So he says, when, when we come together, part of our goal in growing is to come into a maturity that is attainable in the Lord. Well, that means that maybe when we get saved, we're not as mature as we might think we are. It, or that even in gr the growing up experience, there's a maturity to be had. But if, if we look at it honestly, we say there's room for growth in all of us. Yesterday, I was with a, a dear friend who is uh, very close in age to me, and, and we were sharing similar internal struggles, so to speak. Uh, and I'll just say to you that, you know, through life, um, you deal with things, but then there's different shades and nuances of it probably the rest of your life. You know, where you, it's a new setting, but it's the same old issues. And we were kind of discussing the same old issues, but in this setting. And realizing that God has something in store for us even in this day. And there are things to learn and grow into uh, as a part of this. But, you know, taking on that picture of maturity then, I think it's really important to say, okay, when I came to Christ, what things were really needing to change? And then also, what things maybe were, was I not necessarily acknowledging right now? You know, sometimes our family heritage uh, leaves us in a, with a deficit in certain areas where maybe we aren't particularly mature. You know, where we've, we've been trained in a system and our family made it work enough that, they, that we made it to the next generation. But there are things that, that we have approached that just aren't healthy. Not healthy for us, not healthy for our families, not healthy for the culture. And it takes a little bit to even come to terms with that and recognize, I have a problem in this area. Or, you know what, I've not done this well, but I've just said, well, it's, you know, that's who I am. Yeah, but do you want to stay who you are? Or do you want to go on and mature in Christ? And, and so, we've used this illustration before, but, you know, families have different anger management ways, right? Every family has its own expression. Some are just, let's blow it out now, be done with it, and go on. Others, it's this 
stew and stew and get in your little jabs when, when it's safe. You know, and then what happens when those two anger forms marry? Well, it gets interesting, doesn't it? You know, because you go, why on earth would they act like that? And they're thinking the same thing of you. How on earth did you get up this far and have expression like that? Or some families, you know, the deficit may be anxiety and worry, where they're just always fretting and, all, you know, always looking at the little. And coming to terms with that isn't simple because it's surrounded you for years and years. And yet in Christ, there's an opportunity, even in a group expression, to see others living differently and maybe it awakens something and you begin to say, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I could live differently and maybe I don't have to be like this. And the challenge becomes then, well, I'm pretty comfortable the way I am. Do I really want to do it differently? Or I've, I, I'm frightened of trying to do something different because I don't know the results. I don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, even like an explosive anger, what, what generally happens with that? Well, you've learned how to bully your way through a situation so that people back off and then you can move on. But what happens when you, you, know, you realize broken relationships around you and you're going, yeah, we, we had a big blow up and we really haven't been friends since then. So do I dare not blow up? You know, they're still going to be right there in front of me. I've learned how to push them aside, but if, if, that's not, if that's not fruitful, what do I do different? How do I make this work? And I believe that's where the, the, the Spirit of God wants to transform us and bring us into maturity that we've not had. And, and so even though it's frightening in the moment because it's not like anything we've ever done, there is something that speaks into us that says, you can do differently. You don't have to continue in this pattern. 14. We're no longer to be children tossed back and forth by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of people who craftily carry out their deceitful schemes. A couple things stand out to me in this. This is a day when we need a discernment that can understand when teaching or training or the declarations of others aren't right. And that's part of what Christ is offering us is the ability to discern. I mean, most of us would say at this point, I have heard way too much news in the last few weeks, enough so that it clutters and I'm not sure what's accurate. And, and when you walk through that, there's an opportunity in the Lord to call out and say, I need a discerning mind here. I need to know what truth is in this moment. Um, I remember a few years ago, 
hauling my kids down to Lake Superior, and we were playing in the water, and, and then they were, then they were suddenly a hundred yards down the, the beach. And what had happened? You know, they, they'd been kind of drifting, and nobody was really aware of it. And then suddenly you look up, and they're not in front of you anymore. They're way down. You know, what happened? Well, there happens to be a current that helps carry. There might have been wind that day and, and the waves, but that's kind of the illustration that we're getting here. That sometimes it's, it, it's not, we're not even really aware of what's going on, but it's just like there's a drifting going on, and it's a moving away from truth. And what we're being offered in the Lord is an opportunity to hear it different and to, to understand, here's our point of reference. We need to get back to where we were. We need to move toward that. That's where we want to be. He says, there's every wind of teaching by the trickery of people. And that's inside the church and outside, right? That happens within the community, and that happens outside in the, in the larger community as a whole. He says, we have an opportunity to live different. For everyone who lives on milk is an inexperienced in the message of righteousness, because he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature, whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and evil. This is out of Hebrews. And he just makes the point. He says, through practice and the training, we learn to discern good and evil. That's part of who we are as a people. Corinthians, early, Paul says, I fed you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready. In fact, you're still not ready, but if you were influenced by the flesh, for since there is still jealousy and dissension among you, are you not influenced by the flesh and behaving like unregenerate people? So he just makes a, a point and says, you know, when jealousies are springing up within a group or when jealousies are within us, he says, that's not the sign of a transformed mind. That's not an indicator of maturity. And so we need to be quick to say, okay, what's really going on here? Why am I responding in this way when I see this? Jesus had talked about uh, the seed that wasn't able to mature in the parable of the seed. And he does say, people are being choked by worries, riches, and pleasures of life. He says, those things will keep you from becoming all that you can in the Lord. So back to Ephesians 4. Practicing the truth and love, we will in all things grow up in Christ, who is the head. From him the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body builds itself up in love. So I put it out to you again today. You know, we've, we have truly missed each other, and it's a joy to be back. But part of what we are gathering is that there is a gift that comes from those around us. And as we participate in that, as we grow in that, we hone our own gifts to bring to the mix. And there's a privilege of a maturity in Christ that will not come in any other way. You grow some on your own, but you also grow within the body of Christ. You do not achieve full maturity 
without participation with each other. So, it's a wonderful thing that we have that privilege in the Lord. The word ministry in its original intent was to serve or attend to others. So when you minister to someone, you serve them or you attend to them, you, you take care of them. And so at times we have, um, as churches have taken that phrase and said, well, I'm going into ministry and it, it goes toward leadership, right? But it, we understand that, but it diminishes this idea that all of us are ministers. All of us are in ministry. And what that looks like is largely doing what's right in front of you that you know will be beneficial to the serving of others. And so sometimes it's speaking a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's bringing an insight. Sometimes it's doing something of graciousness that blesses them. But it's those are work of ministry and so when I talk to you about going into your fields of ministry it's leaving this place and continuing that act of service as unto the Lord knowing that that's what he's called you to and true maturity looks like may your blessing rest on these your people may they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives discover with joy what it is to walk in maturity, serving others, ministering. As each one goes into their field of ministry, I ask that you'll give them words to speak that will bring life. I ask that you enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift of them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you to stay. Amen. God bless you.